It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Let's go, back to your huddle. On Giants.com. Tempo, tempo, tempo. And the Giants mobile app. Go, 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 part go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Yeah. We're back here on the Giants huddle podcast. John Schmelk with you. And it's time for our rapid reaction. The Giants fall in, boy, I'm going to say it, Dave. It's devastating fashion to the Falcons here. 17-14, our rapid reaction. John Schmelk and David Deal. We're here in the Legacy Club about an hour after this game ended, Dave. We'll get into specifics in a second, but first, just as a player, you watch a game like that, what's your reaction? You know, it's, it's difficult to watch a game like that because there were so many opportunities for the New York Giants to take over this football game and capitalize and build on momentum. But unfortunately, the self-inflicted wounds were what caused them to continue to get backed up. I mean, go to the first half. You have the botched fumble. The following one, you have a false start the next play. You're staring down a third and 22, and you're playing to this weakness of an Atlanta Falcons defense that now that they can play coverage on the back end, when we knew we wanted to attack them on the outside. So I think when you look at those types of plays and then you look at the second half, it's no coincidence that the Giants on both sides of the ball and special teams had success when they were playing sound, fundamental football and just down to the basics, blocking, tackling, and communication. I mean, you look at this game and you watch it, Dave. The Giants... If you didn't look at the score, you would have think the Giants won this game, I think, by a couple of scores just by watching the flow of the game. They outgained yeah. the Falcons by 50 yards. Yeah. In the first half, the Falcons did, when I say nothing, I mean literally nothing offensively for the first quarter and a half, and then all of a sudden at halftime, you're down a point. And then you drop an interception in the end zone. Yeah. Your punter can't get the ball down inside the 20-yard line to make him give him a long field. And... It's a game where I feel like, you know, last year, Dave, this team, they lost some games because the other team was more talented than they were, right? Yeah. But they would win on the margins in those games anyway, and they would yeah. play teams close because they did all the little things right. We're not seeing that this year when the Giants might be more talented, but now they're not doing as many of those little things right at the right time. No doubt about it, and I think that's where confidence is built through repetition, especially when you're a professional athlete in the NFL. You know, the biggest thing that you want to do when you walk away from a game on Sunday is you want to walk away without a single regret. You know the playbook out cold. You know the defensive scheme. You're in shape, so fatigue isn't going to make you a coward in the fourth quarter. And that allows you to walk away from a game in adverse situations and to build and to learn from it. But when you go into a game and you have next man up or you have different combinations on the offensive line and it's third and nine, the play clock's going down and you don't have full confidence, not only in just your techniques and fundamentals, but in the game plan, that's where some of those false starts happen on the defensive side of the ball with wide receivers and, and uh, uh, going up against the defensive backs for the New York Giants. Once again, it comes back to techniques and fundamentals, reading your keys, playing leverage. If you have to stay on the inside hip, stay on the inside hip. You always hear if they're even – they're leaving, and when you start playing that type of game, the inside slant, you don't break on it flat down the line of scrimmage. You give them cushion. They can body it up like a power forward. Those are the things that make a difference between winning and losing football games, and right now this Giants football team isn't doing it consistently enough to overcome those adverse times. All right, we you talked about it, Dave, the, the two visits to the red zone in the first half, and they only came away with two field goals. How – much of a setback is that for an offense because it's hard to get down there you know you can almost argue it's harder to get down there yeah. to move those 60 yards than it is to punch it in when you need one play right so what does that do in offense when you can move the ball like that but you can't get it in and if you want to specifically talk about the two times the Giants couldn't get it in and break that down you can too but I just feel like 
you just waste so much of your production, you don't get enough out of it. And it's hard to just continually move the ball against another NFL team. No doubt about it. And, and it's it's an attitude. I mean, those are the momentum-changing plays. Once you get down into the red zone and you can put your foot on them on the defensive side of the ball and drive them through, that wears them down. That wears them down emotionally. And it builds for your football team, not only offensively, but for defense and special teams. When you have those big goal line touchdown drives and those scores – all of a sudden, you see the kickoff team flying down there on the next play. You see the defense swarming out to the football field. And that's where you as an offensive line have got to take over control of the football game because that's what you live for as an offensive line, knowing that the coordinator is going to put in the call and it's going to be right behind you. He believes in us. He trusts in us. And when you don't have the the uh, adverse uh, – when I would say when you don't have the success of being able to finish those drives and to settle for field goals – it doesn't allow you to fully operate, but more importantly, fully embrace where you're at in the football game and, and take the emotion aspect of it. You have a home field crowd with Eli Manning's number and his, his name being put up in the stadium. Can you imagine if now all of a sudden you drive down, you score down in the goal line, the feeling that the crowd's going to build off of it, that next third down that the Atlanta Falcons offense is going to have on it? Those are the types of things that you need to think about as a football team because, as we said, when you start successfully doing those things, it makes everything else easier. The offensive line, I thought, generally pass protected pretty well. Daniel Jones was not constantly under pressure. Here's my however. The run game. Well, I will get to that too. But even with the pass protection, the two sacks that they had came at the most critical times. Yeah. One's in the red zone. I'm, I'm not uh, counting the bad snap, which yeah, turned yeah, into yeah, a sack. Yeah. That's fine. But you had the, the other sack in the red zone, right? And then when the Giants are trying to drive down the field to win the game in the fourth quarter, you get your other sack. When Nate Solder gets beats around the edge by, by oh, Dante Fowler. So, you know, is that a situation where it gets tougher to pass block when teams know you're going to throw it? Is that part of the deal? Or is it just that that's when the other team's calling their best defensive scheme to try to set the pass rush up? Or is that just guys not executing the way they should in important situations? Well, I mean, it can be obviously a combination of either one of those. But sure. obviously, you know that this is a group on the defensive side of the, for the Atlanta Falcons and DSPs. They want to get after the quarterback. That's been his M.O. as a defensive coordinator since he's been in the NFL. So you know a lot of times on the edges that they're playing the run on the way to the quarterback. And for me, when I sit here and we talk about the Giants' offensive line, you know, it, it's, it's a mixed bag because everybody is like, how come they're so much better at pass protection when we thought that this was going to be a road-grading run group? But when you add in the element of a new center in Billy Price and you add a left guard in Ben Bredson, now you have a different combination offensive line-wise, up-wise. When it comes to pass protection, there's a lot of times you're one-on-one, -on -one, slide protections. Those things are root fundamentals of any offense. But when you're working in a run game in cohesion with a center and a left guard who are just working together, it takes some time to get the footwork and the preciseness and being on the same page to when, when you're working those double teams, it's not – it's one big – Two man, two together, same foot, same shoulder, leveraging them off the line of scrimmage. And then when you think about the backside, cutoffs, is that guard giving you enough when he's going to leave for the uh, for the will linebacker? Did he give enough to the tackle? These are the continued things that need to be built through practice in order to get the run game going because the way Saquon has, has been playing, he continues to make progress, and I think that this is the next step up against the New Orleans Saints where he really gets his feet underneath him, where he really can run – 
with those shoulders over his knees because the last, what was it, the last run that he had before the touchdown in the uh, fourth quarter, it was second and six on the 30 with uh, right this, the first play of the fourth quarter. They get pressure off of the edge. He spins out of it. He gets his foot in the ground, and he's about to go north and south, and he just falls. Grady Jarrett gets the one-yard tackle. We've seen Saquon Barkley take that to the house. That could be an explosive play. But once again, getting back to the footing, getting back to playing and doing it at full speed, those are all things that will come with time. Do you feel like he's getting his foot in the ground and getting upfield quick enough, or is there still too much hesitation and too much dancing on some of these plays? Well, I do think that there is a little bit of hesitation, but also it's working with a different line combination for you up front. How do they like the block? How am I going to pick and choose my hole? I think that's one thing that we saw in his rookie year and the success that he had was it wasn't about bouncing the football to the outside. You've got to get those gritty, dirty yards and get everything you can on every single carry. So get your foot north and south and get upfield. And I think that's something that they'll continue to develop with the offensive line group up front. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball, Dave. We're seeing it in these situations. We saw it at times last year, too, when the other team goes into a situation where you know they're passing, they know that you know that they're passing, they're able to kind of move the ball down the field anyway. Why has this team not been able to get off the field and get stops in some of those end-of-half, end-of-game situations where you know Matt Ryan's going to try to do it through the air, but you can't get him off the field? Well, I think, number one, there were pressure opportunities that didn't get home, and when you're playing up against a Matt Ryan, he's seen everything that you can possibly see. He knows where the check down is. He knows if he has to get it to his tight end. He knows where the hots and sights are coming off of it, and I think that's where not winning the one-on-one battles up against an Atlanta Falcons offensive line, that is not good, John Schmelk. I mean, you have a left guard that's playing for the first time in his rookie season at left guard. Matt Hennessy can get pushed up against mass when we're talking about, you know, inside in the pocket and Caleb McGarry. They didn't really challenge those guys the way that they needed to challenge because I truly felt that the D-line for the Giants were going to dominate this football game. Aziz Ozlari did have his third sack of the year, which is good to see, but you're right, not enough. I got to ask you about the dropped interception by Dory Jackson. And, you know, we talked about missed opportunities on offense. That's another missed opportunity. Two two weeks. And Logan Ryan dropped one, and he had the defensive pass interference penalty on Pitts. Now, granted, if he doesn't pull him down, Pitts probably makes the catch, (laughs) and he scores the touchdown. That's a a big body over there just playing power forward, going over the top right there. And they actually tried that on the Adoree Jackson drop pick, too, but Ryan just kind of threw it too high for him. So what is it about those missed opportunities? How do you make those plays? How do you overcome them as a player? What does that do to you? mentally during a game and just giving that other team that extra breath of life? Well, I mean, obviously just coming down with the ball, just back to techniques and fundamentals and just playing sound football because you know when a quarterback like that, Matt Ryan, throws it up in the back of the end zone for you with the game on the line, you've got to come down with it. I think that that's everybody sitting here looking at this game, whether you're a coach, whether you're on this Giants roster, or if you're sitting here talking about it like us. That is a play that needs to be made by a veteran that you just brought in and paid money to. I think that Adoree Jackson nine times out of ten catches that ball. But the way that the ball has been bouncing for this Giants football team, they can't afford to let those balls bounce away from them. They've got to come away with those key takeaways on the defensive side of the ball. They need to continue to build that momentum. And I think that's something that when you look at this defense, we need to continue to see them to build an identity, especially with right now Blake Martinez and his his, uh, injury uncertain for the future. Yeah, we don't know about Slayton and Shepard also on offense with the hamstring. So, two final questions, Dave. One smaller picture, one bigger picture. Smaller picture question. Joe Judge hates penalties. Yeah. Hates penalties. You played for a coach, probably the only ones that hated penalties more than Joe Judge and Tom Coughlin. Yeah. Hated penalties. Yeah. How do you fix 
penalties? I think, number one, it comes to preparation, understanding your playbook down cold. As I said, if you're sitting there up there on third and nine and you're rolling through all of your pass protections and worried about the blitzes and not fully invested and confident in it, that's where those false start penalties show up. And then I think on the defensive side of the ball, like I said, if you don't trust your technique, it's no different than playing left tackle if you're playing corner. You can't play with a, with a conscience. Something goes bad. You've got to learn, regroup, and get back to the next play because if you don't, it brings you down like quicksand so when we sit here and we break down these games and we sit here and watch them it's nothing crazy it's nothing that's world altering that you need to do it's just the plays that are there that need to be made you've got to capitalize on them and you can't have and continue to have the self-inflicted wounds because right now you know you're not a good enough football team to overcome those things if you're a team that can put up 37 points a game now we're talking about something different but as you're continuing to build as a group and as a roster you've got to play in cohesion offense defense special teams you ever started on three before yeah yes my last year 2013 tell me about it what what do they have to do now to you know, r- rally the posse here, and now you got three really tough opponents coming up here, two on the road, two New Orleans this week, first game in that building since the hurricane, by the way. Good luck. So how does – what what's the locker room like after a game like this and now this week to get everyone going here so you can try to make something of this season? Because the time's now. you got to yeah. do it now. It's only up to you. I mean, don't – the outside noise, all the, 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 the criticism, all that stuff – don't let it, fight it buy into it. The only people that are going to get yourself out of this are you as a coaching staff and you as a player and you as a team. Nobody on the outside is going to sit here and throw you a life preserver. What's the quote? It says, you know, if you're winning, nobody can touch you, but if you're losing, nobody can save you. And that is a true statement when it comes to football, especially when you're not like the NBA or NFL or NBA or uh, Major League Baseball where you're playing the next day. You've got to sit on it for a week, and it takes a lot of resolve, and it takes a lot of commitment as a football team to build back and brew for it. So as a football team for the Giants, Look at each other in the eye. Hold each other accountable because you are the only ones that are going to get yourself out of it. Dave, a pleasure. I know you were really excited to relive this one after it was over. You did a great job on the TV show. Thank you, and we'll talk to you during the week. Sounds great, John. Thank you, buddy. David Deal on the Giants Huddle Podcast. That's our rapid reaction. I'm John Schmelk. All right, guys, we'll give this one more shot. We go to New Orleans next week. Stay tuned to Giants.com all week long for coverage of uh, the reaction to this game and, of course, looking ahead to New Orleans. I'm John Schmelk. The Giants Huddle Podcast is on Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants mobile app, and your favorite podcast platforms. Big Blue Kickoff Live comes your way Monday at 1230. We'll be taking your calls, reacting to this game. Then later in the week, we'll turn the page over to the New Orleans Saints. For David Deal, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle Podcast.